Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy Tuesday to you. I hope you've had a wonderful week because we have a wonderful show coming up for you today. Special guest Ash is on the show today, and we've got one of her singles dropping fresh here on Hello Steve-O podcast as well. So little time, so let's do this. And you are very welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back, baby. Welcome back. It's Tuesday. And thank you for all your messages and for your emails, etc., etc. What, what, what film is that from again? The King and I. Do you remember that ancient 1950s musical when the king of... Was he the king of Burma? I can't quite remember, but he would just always say, and etc., etc. Anyway, my point being, you are very welcome back to the show, and I am grateful for all your messages. Lots of people continuously checking in on how my daughter is doing. She's fine. She's on the mend. No, but she's not on the mend. She's she's pretty much mended. She's out of the sling anyway. Um, they've got little bones, the little people, and the little bones heal very quickly. So she's good. She's in good form. And uh, her mother and her father are doing well as well. So thank you very much for asking. And thank you so much to everybody who sent messages about last week's episode. I'm delighted that you enjoyed it. It was um, something different. But I really, 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 really enjoyed that conversation with Inesh. And uh, it was a, a fascinating conversation about about parenting and really interestingly and in a lot of ways kind of sadly um i ended up having a crazy experience in the street with other parents and their child and an incident that happened there during the week and um, which i spoke to the patrons about on last friday's show so um thank you to the patrons as well for the messages about that um yeah an odd one but i won't go into it again here if you want to check it out it's on patreon and thank you to the new people who have signed up on patreon so Supporting me as an independent artist. If you would like to do so, click the link on this podcast. There's a link down below to sign up to Patreon and you can buy me a coffee a month. Um, Loads of fun, loads of messages about all the the podcasting with the Waffle House with Des as well. And um, I can give you a little, I think it's this week. I I don't want to give it all away, but Joanne McNally's back on, on the Waffle House this week. So all the excitement. Um, this week and you have a fantastic episode of Hello Steve-O podcast coming up for you today. Um, but yes, let me tell you about, about the week. For those of you who are listening in the US and the UK, um, well, the UK is kind of, I was going to say Dublin's taking a step back, but the UK is kind of fucked with regards to this pandemic. So it is, um, Dublin has taken a step back um, with regards to some restrictions, so they've taken away my five-a-side football from me. There's no more football, although I do have a gig booked in Limerick, in Dolan's in Limerick, on the 2nd of October. Now, as it stands, that show is still going ahead, but genuinely, for all of you who are listening to this right now, I would like your feedback on this, because technically you are allowed to leave Dublin to work. Now, doing a gig is work, but I have not done a show in over six months. And um, I have to go do an hour in Dolan's, which if the pandemic hadn't happened, I would have had this hour written and performed a million times before now. I would have been up and running. But now I'm super nervous from a performing and a comedic point of view, but also from just the pandemic point of view. Like, I, I really haven't. I know people have been laughing and joking about it, but honestly, for the whole of this pandemic, I haven't been putting myself into a position where I'm in rooms of other people at all. Um, I, I've seen my family and... That's it. 
I haven't been in any rooms. We went to a restaurant once and we didn't like it. It was half empty anyway, but we didn't like it because it was just it was just a weird experience. So I haven't been in situations where, in a, where I'm in rooms of crowded people, but now the stand-up comedy thing, and look, I miss stand-up comedy, of course. I miss it, but it's just for me, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of a social phobe anyway, but like, I'd, I don't know. Do I do the gig? Is it going to be properly socially distanced? Hopefully. Um, no, will be. I'm sure that Dolan's the venue will be doing that. But just all, there's so many unknowns in a gig like that. And you kind of want to be safe. Is there going to be a scream between me and the audience? You know? <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to be bringing my own microphone. There's no way I'm using the venue's microphone. Is everything going to be sanitized? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Like crazy stuff. So um, I don't know if it goes ahead. But I would love to hear your feedback. I mean, there is tickets sold to this show, um, and I, I suppose I do have time that I, I could pull out of it. Um, if I do go... I mean, there's lots of people who saw me in Limerick uh, opening for Des Bishop, opening for Joanne McNally. Lots of people who saw me in Clan Mel who really wanted to see me as well. And I think Limerick would be the, the closest venue to you guys because I don't think we're going to get a gig in, in, in Tipperary. So it is something for people to go and get some entertainment for. Um, but... How do you guys feel about it? Does, do people actually want to go out and see a gig? I'm just putting the feelers out there. I really would value your feedback to let me know what you think about it. Send me an email. Uh, um, the email address is hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. I genuinely would really appreciate what you think about it. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Like, I mean, it's causing even tension in my household because my missus is going, eh, I don't want you going out into a room full of feckin' people and... Who knows, you know, like Limerick is one of the cities that the numbers are going up now as well. So they might be going to phase three, which means that they will cancel gigs next week. Um, so it's just, it's very up in the air. Um, so many unknowns. I think, I mean, everybody's going through it in the world. So I know I'm not the only one, but I think the most stressful thing about everything that's going on is the unknown. The unknown is the stressful thing about all this, you know? I'd rather go, the gig is not on, and then, I, you know, it's dealt with, it's sorted, do you know what I mean? Or the gig is on, these are the precautions, let's go and do it. So then you can deal with it, you know? But I do feel, um, I do feel, I am very apprehensive about it. Um, I do have to do another job as well um, during the week, which is, it's not a stand-up comedy gig, but it's a it's another gig in the entertainment sector. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's a position where, you know, we will be interacting with other people. And just because it is out of your normal comfort zone and because I've basically been living in my house and running the park, that's been my life for the last six, seven months. To go into a situation where there's loads of other people around is just a bit like, ugh, it's nerve-wracking. Um I tell you what wasn't nerve-wracking was I went to school last week. You guys know already that I am going back to school. I'm doing a university access course, and I'm very excited to do that. But even that is causing fucking anxiety because that's an unknown. I'm literally, when when this goes out uh, on Tuesday morning, I'm supposed to start school the next day on the Wednesday, and they still have not given us a time or a timetable or told us if it's going ahead or not. I called them today at the point of this recording. I've called them on Monday and they've said, you'll get an email in the next couple of days. The next couple of days? I'm supposed to be in school in the next couple of days. But I went into the school last week to register and it was the strangest experience ever. It was like this sanitized experience of, um, I think I told you about it last week, but if you didn't hear it last week, it was all, I mean, they were so professional and fair play to them. But what it means when you're so professional like that, it means that there, you're going to be in this weird situation where there is zero human interaction. It's so strange. We all had to queue outside um, one by one in socially distanced. So nobody knows each other. So we're all waiting outside and then we're brought in one by one. And, you know, you're li- we're literally told... Uh, wash your hands here um, sit there and now you can go into this room the classroom that I was in had only space for four people in order for the social distancing to, to work there was only four people in the classroom and so we're like at four the four corners of the classroom essentially there's no room for interacting there do you know what I mean and then afterwards you do wipe down your table you go to another room fill out more forms fill out more forms and I'm not criticizing anybody in school they were, I mean they were so professional they just nailed it it was fantastic but it's just weird because I'll be going to school essentially without any human interaction at all 
and some of the classes are going to be online. Now, I have done online learning before, but it's just it's just strange to be in a place where there is other people around and yet you don't interact with them, you know, if you don't it's not even the interaction, it well it is the interaction, but you know, the the sense of human um just I don't know. It's even the acknowledgement because you're just blocked off from human, even facial expressions. You're blocked off from all that. Everybody's wearing masks. Keep distance from each other. Like you don't even feel the energies of each other at all. Do you know what I mean? It's just a very sanitized, very weird experience. Um, But hey, I'm excited to start school. Like I said, it's the unknown is the anxious bit of it. I want to start. I really, really, really want to start school. I really want to kind of know what's my timetable, what I'm going to be working at. I want to, you know, what classes are when. You know, I really want to do it. But the stressful thing is the unknown. The un- If they just fucking told us, and it's the same for everybody out there with jobs and people who own pubs and all that stuff. It's like, it's the unknown is the most stressful thing. So, But anyway, we're getting through it all. We're just, we just got to keep on keeping on. It's crazy that this whole thing has been going on this long, isn't it? It's absolutely nuts. But we're still in good form in this house. We've had lots of giggles. My girlfriend, Inej, is doing her course at the moment. And this week, she pretty much... I did help her now. I did help her. But she wrote and illustrated for her course a children's book, Sophia and the Magic Hats. And it is brilliant. That's one of those things that you kind of go, is this that hard? Could I get an old uh, an old book deal on uh, on some kiddies' books? Think about it. They're they they're way quicker to write, yet you're going to sell way more because like parents just buy kids books all the time because there's loads of kids being made. They need to be entertained. You just got to get it out there. Ah, uh, yeah. There's definitely more kids books being sold than adult books. There has to be. There's more of a market for it. I don't know if I told you guys last week as well, but I have officially began my book, and um, it's not easy, but I am getting somewhere slowly carving away at it um but yeah i am getting somewhere so i am that's the only known in my head at the moment is that i do a minimum of of a thousand words a day but then there's days like today where it's like the a thousand words i wrote on saturday have now been just thrown out the fucking window because you know it was like you wake up and you read and you go oh my god that shit fucking have to redo this but la 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 but it's going good it's funny i just read some of it to somebody else and they they laughed I think I think it's going to be good, guys. I think if there's one thing I'm going to get out of this pandemic, it's maybe I got a book out of it. Imagine that. I mean, to be fair, my fucking agent would be going, how the fuck did you not write the book before now? We're coming to the end of lockdown and you didn't even write a book in lockdown. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But anyway, hopefully the, the goal would be to have it written certainly before, I mean, well before Christmas, but that's a good goal. I've said it out loud. Have at least the first draft done before Christmas, if not a draft and a half, a second draft, and um, see where it takes us from there. So, uh, I'm excited to. I, I, I didn't. I, I'm tempted. To, I, the introduction is good and it's funny, and I was going to read that for the patrons, but um, I'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll write some some other extracts for the patrons. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm enjoying doing it, and uh, I'd l- I'd love to have it out there someday. It's a, com- a comedic parenting memoir. Jen has been very encouraging about it as well, so I'm just excited to do it. So, And the thing is, I think it's going to be an interesting, funny read, and you don't have to be a parent to read it, okay? That's because I think what we're doing here is we're looking back on, you know, a lot of what parenting is, for me anyway, a lot of what parenting is, is just remember what it was like when you were a kid. Just remember what the world was like. It was big, it was bad, it was ugly, and, you know, it was scary out there. And it's just kind of like, just be a kid again, and... Help the other, help the other, help the other one through it. You know, just a theory. There's plenty. We were all kids once, but anyway, that's enough waffling from me. I'll waffle more about it in my book when you guys read it next year, 2021, the year for all of us. Huh? It can only get better from here, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to get better on this podcast, that's for sure, because I am delighted to officially have a very special guest on the show. Ash is on the show today. You heard her song, Labels, which um, we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, and um, we kept in touch, and I asked her, would she like to come out on the show and to tell us her story? And she said, absolutely. She's a seriously talented singer. Singer. We have her song Hurt Sometimes. We'll close the show at the end. A really beautiful, catchy tune. I really, really like it. Um, 
So you're in for a real treat, a fantastic conversation. It starts off in a bit of an interesting place because on the, at the time of recording, there was a, 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 a basically a, race, a racist slur was graffitied on the Haypenny Bridge um, within the 24 hours before um, we had this conversation. So we kind of start off talking about that because it was um, something that Ash wanted to talk about at the start. But Ash is an amazing singer uh, and a songwriter as well. Raised in Blanchardstown of Ghanaian and Irish descent. Um, her music represents the cultural and music diversity of Ireland's young generation. Ash music blends pop, R&B and soul with a, so- with a songwriter's unique perspective. While her performances across Ireland have already led to success- successful club dates in the UK. Um, I was really taken aback by her energy and by the um, the type of uh, person that she was. You're in for a really interesting conversation here and I'd love to have her back. And I really do hope you enjoy her track at the end of the show. She's on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. You can follow her on Instagram at Ash Official. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Ash. It's, uh, and we, we are on, we're live. Are you okay for everything, by, by the way, before we start? We're live. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's all right. It's, uh, you are, like, the, you're, I think, already my favorite guest because we've never met before, right? Happy days. And uh, <laughs> you've come over and the most charming individual I've ever met and you've had a bowl of soup. It's great. I had to have it this morning. <laughs> I had to cancel out the donut somehow, so I thought, happy pear... <laughs> Butternut squash and carrot is what I need. Butternut squash, that yeah. is, is fantastic. Came in the door and said, um, I've had a donut, it's ruined me. Yeah. I need some soup. Can I heat up some soup before we go? Yeah. <laughs> How you are go. you doing today? I'm good, yeah. I just, um, something kind of shocked me that I saw on the internet mm. the other day. Because like, you know, it's, it was this this thing on the bridge. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. But it was um, the N-word written on the, the bridge. On the Hapenny and, Bridge. And, and out on the Hapenny Bridge. Yes. So, yeah, I'm sorry. To, I know it's kind of br- brought it up straight away. But no, not it's just all. something that is shocking to see that it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you kind of forget. You're like, oh, it's not happening. And then it's like. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Does does something like that. Like, I've, I've, I've never experienced something like that. And I think it's probably actually good to kind of uh, reflect and talk on how that actually makes you feel so that other people who don't experience um uh, racism understand a little bit how it feels like i i i talked on the podcast i had an incident in the street with somebody the other day that it got uh like it was heated shall we say and you know squaring up to each other etc etc and you're definitely in that flight or fight mode and i feel like that for a few hours afterwards but then it calmed down and it's okay but this is something that has been part of your life all uh, all throughout your life how does how does that make you feel inside because i don't think we understand if we haven't experienced racism i think for anyone it's it's horrible like there's a lot of people that like i know that moved here when they were three moved here when they were four and they experience it but as well like i was born here as well mm-hmm. so it's kind of like for me it it feels like imposter syndrome it's like i don't know it's just like for example when i was younger i didn't realize it was very some like when i was like three i was in primary school no i was like four i think it was four in junior infants Um, everyone had to hold hands in the line and like walk we were walking to the yard and we mm-hmm. had to make sure no one ran off, obviously. So we all had to hold hands. And uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of kids, how they just like run off. Like, run yeah, yeah, it is random. <laughs> I've got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mind that car there, please, love. <laughs> yeah, just don't run. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry. Uh, back on track. Um, so basically, uh, we all had to hold hands. And then one of the, the girls that's supposed to hold my hand, she's like, oh, I don't want to hold your hand. It's dirty. I was like, I was like, my hand's not dirty. I didn't understand what she was on about. But I felt really weird for the rest of the day. I was like, I thought she was my friend and all. like, And I just like, she didn't hold my hand then. She made a big deal about it. So I just had to walk beside her then. I was like, what is going on? So that was like my first instance of racism. So over the course of that day, did you realize to yourself basically that what she's saying about your hand being dirty is the color of your skin? Is, is that like... I was just confused. I was like, right. how is that yes what's going on but i was aware that i was i was one of the only like uh black people in primary school because i changed school then in second class and then i was one of the only people black people there Mm -hmm. um 
Um, so I kind of was aware that I looked different, but I like tried to forget about it almost. Like if I say if I like just forgot about how I looked, I was happier. But yes. then if I looked in the mirror and I was like, why is why am I looking different and I'm Irish and like I don't know, mm. I kind of questioned it a lot, but I didn't know why, you know. Is it a conversation that you had? You, you were telling me just before we came on that you were raised by your mother. Is it a conversation that your mother would have had with you growing up? She tried to keep me away from it, which I under, there's two different things you can do. Like you could tell your kid all about it straight away, mm-hmm. or you could kind of wait. And but she kind of didn't want me to 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 kind of um, to be thinking about like the color of my skin too much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's... Did that stop it from the ability then to be able to have a conversation about it if you were struggling with it in your daily life? I.e. if you were going to school and somebody was being mean to you about the colour of your skin because you knew that your mother was trying to keep you away and not talk about it, did it stop you ever having to go to her to, to be able to talk about it? Um, I'm not sure. I just never really saw it as... Yeah, I probably did actually, yeah. Mm. I think it's it's hard as a mother to kind of like say to your mixed race child oh they're being they're being racist like especially if i was born here as well yes she doesn't want me to feel like i don't belong here yes so she probably didn't know how to bring it up yes because she's from ireland herself so she just probably didn't know how to say it without me feeling alienated Mm. you know so um but yeah it's it's strange as well i was since releasing my song labels actually i've thought a lot about like race and being mixed race and culture and everything and it's just it's, it is difficult being a minority first of all in in the country you were born in and then also second of all kind of trying to deal with like them two cultures that you have like uh, like sometimes people say oh you're being too white you're being too black or mm. they assume you're going to act a certain way mm. but i don't know i feel like i want to embrace both sides of my culture yes instead of saying oh i have to be like this i have to be like that they expect mm. me to be like this what when you when you say someone is being too white or you're being too white or too black is that your mates like trying to have a bit of banter with you or no it just happened a few times like in the past like, i can't remember exactly when but people have assumed i should act a certain way right and then like honestly like i feel african really african sometimes and then i feel really irish sometimes mm. um so like say if i'm around like my best friend grace she's from the congo and um me and her we like say hey hey and we kind of like love dancing and the culture and if i'm acting like that that's genuinely me because i connect with that culture because that's half of me you know yes and then say if i'm like in Ireland, i'm listening to traditional music or i'm having point of guinness or say if i'm just like the christmas tradition here or having stew that's me too and that's me being myself so Mm. it's kind of i can be both because that is both my cultures like so. yes did so you grew where did you grow up where did you um um so i grew up in um blanchestown so i moved there when i was six but that's what i remember most blanchestown blanche um, i was there myself bleeding ble- bleed blanche yeah i found it tough i don't know about you but i found it tough growing up in blanchestown blanche for life <laughs> yeah blanche for life are you still there now yeah i'm still so okay. i moved back to blanche i did um west side till you die yeah yeah so you grew up in blanche uh, did you yeah dublin 15 i am I, um, so when uh 20 years ago now i'm showing my age here ash but 20 <laughs> years ago when i was 14 um, and yeah. my father was a was a was a preacher uh, a born again uh, evangelical oh. preacher yes yeah and um he basically got a new job from jesus and it was we, we, we grew up in cork sound jesus. and uh, thanks jesus yeah. thanks for that <laughs> and jesus said you're moving to blanche basically yeah. and uh yeah we lived around dublin so my parents lived in one year rented a place in laurel lodge and then actually um clonsilla mm. for um for a few years and then i was living around dublin 15 on my own when i moved out so mm. around ongar and um and all that area um mm. so yeah but it's been it's when did i leave there now it's over 10 years since i've since i've been away from there now so yeah but my brother actually just moved back to there with his family um so yeah okay. so you're still there yeah so i moved back to blanche it's a nice area like um but growing up in blanche i felt i had to choose a side like right. black or white okay so i kind of hung out with mostly black people and blanche and i in ways i didn't really feel like i felt i i, I fit in mm. because i felt like i was either too white yeah and then around everyone else i was too black i was just really strange because like i wasn't 
great at dancing and stuff like that and i felt like such a big part of the culture mm. like, so this is part of the assumptions that you're saying that you people assume that you're going to be good at dancing for example yeah and then if i'm not as good then it was just such a big thing and then i just i just it was just really difficult growing up to be honest because as a mixed race girl that was born here it's just yeah of course yeah yeah, just, yeah i think a lot of mixed race people it's hard for them because you're, you're you're constantly thinking should i be like this should i be like that mm. growing up and then who you hang out with you're kind of don't know how to be yourself sometimes so mm. it's i think it's a conversation that needs to be had and we need to talk about it more like it's interesting that you're that you are saying these things about growing up mixed race for me in modern times because I, I mean i i'm assume i'm not gonna assume your age but you're definitely younger than i am and um, yeah and <laughs> she's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely younger than you you old fart well people but said i look 12 so you don't I'm look 12 younger. i'm definitely no, younger than <laughs> um, but i grew up in uh in in small smaller town ireland and then blanchardstown from 2000 but basically the 90s was my younger childhood and my mother's south american and mm. it's not it's a different ethnicity but even that was an issue for me growing up because for example my mother spoke funny so that was a constant source of taking the piss out of me whatsoever and mm. myself and my brother for example don't have white white irish skin so we'd yeah. get beautiful tans thank you very much in 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 summertime compared to the other kids in the neighborhood but that was you know then there was nicknames about that and complete ignorance the use of the n-word ridiculous mm. and so that happens people said that to you yes um uh and there was a and i'm not going into it there was a song in secondary school about me but um god but it was it was ignorance at the time and at that time i would look back at then at the 80s and 90s and kind of go well that was 20 plus years ago and since then the, in in those days there was nobody of color like my mum was an alien there was nobody mm. of color in ireland in our com- community whatsoever like, um, I don't remember seeing black people. I think the first black people I saw was when we actually went to Argentina on, on a trip. That was the first time I saw black people. But um, I would have thought, and having lived in Dublin 15, it was it was in, in front since 2000, it was already a change. There was already loads of different cultures coming in. So I thought things would have advanced, but evidently still the same struggles are, mm. are happening, which is sad to hear. Yeah, but you see, the world is becoming more and more diverse, not just in Ireland, everywhere. People are traveling, people are mixing, and it's so beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think it's amazing that I love seeing interracial couples. Yes. Like, I love seeing it because yeah. it shows that the two people are open-minded and mm. that it's like, you know, it's, they're learning from each other as well. Yes. I think there's something beautiful about that. But a lot of people, like, see Ireland as this, like, traditional place. Everyone's white with, like, red hair or, like, brown hair. (laughs) And, like, there's not much... Do you know what I mean? Yes. But, like, the world's changing. And, like, some people are stuck in their ways. And they're going to have to fucking get over that, like... Absolutely. And I I, I 100% agree with you. The the beauty of mixed anything... I look at Brazilian people, for example, who are... Uh, generations upon generations of loads of mixes of Italian of African yeah. and all that that's just stunning beautiful mm. to look it's like yeah. absolutely wonderful speaking of beautiful things I've absolutely loved your work your music your singing thank you um, how, how, how young were you when you realised that you could sing that you knew that you were good at this so I started off doing athletics and then um, yeah I loved it but I just didn't really like the competitive side of it like the how serious it was when the the gun went off and yes. I was like whoa we have to run really fast and then I was overthinking and stuff so like and then I, I started getting into music when I was 13 and um, my stepdad was actually really strict so he really hated when I was singing he was like don't be singing that song and really I was singing Rihanna and okay. all I can understand but like I, I was anyway I got into singing when I was 13 um and i started doing talent shows i was really really shy right and then i was just doing talent shows here and there and then when i was um i think when i was 18 or 19 i did open mics right yes and then i really enjoyed that and then i just started writing so what were you doing at my open mics were you doing your own stuff at that point or no you were- i was just doing um covers and then i just realized that i really really loved music like and uh started writing and then yeah i just i just it's mad that i i didn't realize sooner but that's definitely what i want to do yes like definitely mm. i just love like i want to do music to educate people yes and I, I always see a song as like there's there's like something like it can do something for someone whether yeah. it makes them happy or educates them 
or gets them through a hard time. Mm. I think that's so important. Yes. And then there's other songs. Sometimes I wonder there's songs out there that like it's like what is the purpose of it? Mm. But I I don't want to write a song like that. I want to have songs that kind of help people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's I I totally get that from the two songs that I listened to of yours um hurts sometimes mm. and labels labels was the f- was the first one that you sent to me and that we had on uh the podcast and the fe- people absolutely loved it i was listening right. to it, it, both of them in the house again before you came and my girlfriend came in and was like Aww. who's that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty amazing i was like yeah yeah it fucking is she's coming in now let's clean the house <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i you genuinely get the heart and speaking to you but when you came as well like you're very much about something you're not um you're not working how would you say you're not uh, you're not working the angles you're not working the room you're very mm. much about making something that you give a shit about yeah it's not about for me it's not about image too much or like having to look this way all the time or trying to be cool or being on social media every second of the day people knowing every second of my life mm. it's not about that for me it's about making music i really hate the way social media sometimes is like if you're not on social media all the time mm. like you can't you're not doing well content content like it's so fucking but i've pulled back i mean i've talked about this a lot on the podcast mm. recently but i think it's the last uh, in lockdown because we weren't gigging it was kind of like you're just drilled in your head well you got to be putting out the content you got to be podcasting more mm. you got to be funny 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 but <laughs> and, and mm. it never sat well with me um and i never put fa- like i never put my daughter up there nobody knows anything about my daughter i've never put it out there mm. um but I, I i just read exactly what you're saying there and i've been reading up so much about the negativity of of, of social media and the inability that people are now having to have a conversation um and it's just it, it is damaging society massively but i admire that in you that you're not doing any of that at all do you feel that pressure to kind of have to push yourself to kind of go more people should be listening to my song i need to be putting out more content they got to see what i'm like etc etc well i know myself that i'm working and for me it's about putting out the songs and stuff like that so like i'm my main goal is not to just be posting all the time on social media i almost feel some people are rewarded for being stuck on their phone the whole mm. time. Mm. Think about it. Someone that's posting every few minutes, their, their head's probably stuck on their phone. Yes. That's not like making a change. That's being stuck on social media. Mm. So I don't, just, yeah. I yeah. So, and you, I presume, again, from your attitude and just from talking to you and the way that you write, you want to let the work do the talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want to do, let the work do the talking because I don't want to be just online all the time. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, so, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm working on loads of new music as well. So I'm really excited about that. How's the writing going? I mean, for me, it looks like, you know, I, you know, I want to ask when's the first album coming out? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like that, is, if that, but that just feels like the natural, uh, the natural next step after these stunning uh, tracks. How is the writing going? Um, how do you, how do, and how do you develop your music? Is it just you and your own how, um, with a musical instrument or do you work with a team or what way does it work? Well, I just kind of jam with people and then sometimes good songs come out of it. Um, there's a few songs that I've kind of jammed on and I kind of want to uh, develop more. Yeah, okay. Uh, mostly I kind of write with a freestyle kind of vibe and then I kind of go back to the lyrics. Tell, tell me about that. How do you write with a freestyle vibe? So say if someone's playing an instrument or whatever, um, you kind of come up with an idea, a hook, and then you just sing around that and you're just singing a melody not necessarily words or no sing words but you have a co- you're, whatever you're talking about that day it kind of goes into the song right and then um yeah that's the best way i write because okay. sometimes you know when you're you're writing something and you're thinking too much does that rhyme with that does that mm. do with that but then sometimes when it's stream of consciousness then it's like it comes more natural like labels was basically written it was all like happened in one go wow so someone's playing something and then like I just sang the whole... I was talking about, like, people touching my hair and, like, people labelling me my skin and all that sort of thing. And then it just all happened a stream of consciousness. Wow. So that's why people are like, oh, make the song shorter, give more structure, do this, do that. Oh, won't be played on radio. I was like, I actually don't care. Yeah. Because that was, like, that was my story and that was what I was feeling. So I'm going to go and try and make it this certain structure so it'll be commercial and all that sort of thing. Wow. So um Th- that to me personally as an artist is hugely inspiring because mm. 
to for you to figure it out at you know such an early stage of your artistic career i think that's huge i was literally talking to you before we came on the air we're not on the air it's a recording whatever but you know, <laughs> about my a, a book idea that i'm writing and how yeah. i got stuck in mm. uh, because i tried to pre-plan stuff but then i followed a feeling and yeah. all of a sudden today's a thousand words that i've written are like i would i could never have planned to write that that was never good. But you seem to have figured that out already. I think society tries to put us in a box no matter what we're doing. And like, it's kind of, once you kind of just say, look, I'm going to do this my own way. That's that's how it usually works out. It's about the feeling, as you said. But I like, anytime someone's like, oh, your song's like five minutes long or whatever, it's too long, should have ended here, this, that. I'm like, what about Queen's song? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. a hit. People know every word. The thing changes yeah. like 25 times. Yeah. You start singing opera in that thing. That's right. And like, people love it now. <laughs> it's almost like 10, 15 years after they appreciate it. Yes. Because it's different. Yeah. But then when you just release it, it's like, oh, that's, that's too different. You know what I mean? Mm. That doesn't follow the structure and all this so who t- who tells you, by the way, you personally, that your song is too long? Because I'm looking at you going, good fucking luck telling her now what should she be doing with her song? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean to come across like anger or whatever. No, you're not it's at just, all. Like, not like at when all. people say, I, like, I'm like, okay, that's their opinion. I, it's great to have an opinion. And I, personally, I know the song is long. It's longer than other songs. Yes. You know what I mean? But I am aware of that and I don't care. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So because I, because I that's that not length. your end goal. Your no, I have is other songs coming out and <laughs> so they're not all sad, by the way, either. So I'm not like always <laughs> depressed and like upset about a breakup and annoyed about labels. Like I yeah. have some good songs, like I was, I like them songs as well, but like I have some kind of more commercial songs, would you say? Yeah. Coming up. Okay. <laughs> they're uh, co- coming soon. Coming where soon. Do, where did you get the, the that belief system? Where does that come from? That belief system of going, I feel something, I'm following this. Like there's a lot of, um, I, 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 to use the word confidence, I feel is, is incorrect, but there's, there's certainly a belief in oneself there to, to, to know that I have something here that is real and that I'm going to express, express that. Like that doesn't come, um, that's really hard for a lot of people. That's really hard for people that are professional artists sometimes, you know what yeah. I mean? No, it, being an artist and doing this sort of thing, it's not, it's really hard sometimes. Like, like I try and be positive about it. I try and be grateful for the things I have and everything. But there's some days you're like, am I actually like good enough to yeah. do this? And everyone feels that way. But the only way to like get away from that is to kind of be like, this is what I can give. This is why I do it. And that sort of thing. And just be sure of what you put out there. Mm. If you like it and someone says, oh, that's too whatever. You're like, okay, that's fine. But I, I, I like it so i'm happy to have it out but my mom actually she's always been like really like determined with things and she's like a really great teacher and everything she does she puts 100 percent into mm. it she ran for election um in leash for the green party and like she's she just um that was before Eamon ryan fell asleep by the way <laughs> yeah yeah so um well she she ran for election anyway like right. i don't want any to focus on the party that she was with or anything yeah, yeah it was no. just like she she kind of was always trying to do things to help people and change the world and right. do things like that. So I was looking up to her and kind of like, look, I can do whatever I put my mind to. Like if and she's gone to Rome now to to work for a year. Right. So like and she put her mind to it and she got the job. She she she's over there now. Mm-hmm. So the the they can do whatever you want to do if you just put the work in. You know? What what did she do for work when you guys were growing up? So she's a teacher. So he's a teacher, yeah. right? Okay. So she taught English and religion, but she always put that extra work in right. with lessons and stuff she, yes she cares you know yeah. she puts the feeling in yeah i feel it's the same with any profession put the feeling in mm. doesn't have to be the generic lesson or whatever make mm. it different put your own touch in it you know yeah so that's great fucking hell yeah that's that's so true because you can you can apply that to literally every job yeah if you like no matter what it is that that you're doing any manual labor if you're cutting grass or whatever it is do put your own special touch on it and and it, it it is a special thing all of a sudden yeah yeah jesus you're fucking inspiring me no end here <laughs> I, I, I actually hope the music works out though do you know what i mean <laughs> so so do you feel the pressure that do, do you have that pressure have you got that high expectation of yourself um to make it so so to speak in in music as well but making it in your own way um well i think that i don't know if i'll make it or not but I'm going to give it another year or two and keep going with the songs. If nothing happens, then 
that's fine. I've put something out there and I put my all into it. Mm. But um, I don't know. I think every it's tired being a musician. Like, oh, it, big especially time. now, like there might be another lockdown. And then what does that mean about gigs? Gigs yes. were supposed to come back, and now yeah. where's the support? Like, yeah, but I mean, I I signed a a, a letter along with uh, it was Aiken Promotions sent it on to loads of us artists that have mm. uh, worked with them and kind of basically the 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 guts of the letter was saying to the government we were the first to go and we're the last yeah. to come back and we haven't been given anything no sorry i didn't mean to just say musicians i know you do no 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 yeah no, gigs ab- too, ab- absolutely sorry. but just i've just been live performers live, yeah, performers. live performers yeah our uh, um like we are we have been the first to be told we can't do what we do and yeah. we are the last that are going to be allowed to come back yeah. and because we're all like essentially self-employed we're all driving our own careers like we're mm. not relying on anybody else to kind of map out a career for us um you're just left um just like treading like barely treading water like you know what i mean and no it is it is really tough and has that has that affected your creative process over the over the the lockdown like not being able to perform as a style because i found for me personally i couldn't write stand-up comedy it's just like no i i yeah i didn't get as much written as i thought i would yeah i was just like but i do you know what this country needs to do better like because we're all gonna end up having to move do you know what i mean to Mm. england to somewhere else Mm. like where's we need more support Mm -hmm. we need like see managers or someone that help me we need like a funding for them yes so they can give their time and be able to focus on that because mm. there's no funding for if someone wants to be your manager where do they get the funding from yes if you don't have the funding in the first place yeah so like there needs to be more things done like yes yeah i know there's a grant that came out actually for artists for to write an ep and okay an album good. and i'm actually gonna apply for that great do but um i just really hope that they 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 give enough people the support you know yeah that yeah need it yeah i think you're going to be president don't mind saying so. <laughs> oh, i wouldn't be doing that now would you see would you see yourself well your mother has obviously gone down uh, she's touched into that route i mean is she still pursuing that route like in the future um no she's no. not she's, she's not gonna she, go there again she's just she loves teaching and she's great at it and she's just kind of she just really cares about kids and their future and i just i'm just happy that she's focusing on that because mm-hmm. you could do like a thousand things and yeah. be stressed out but it's good to just focus on one thing yeah so, yeah yeah she's yeah, doing f- the teaching fair play to keep to keep uh, i suppose a little bit with the with the political uh, theme i had a uh, e-man who you know very well coming on when talking yeah. about when uh, the black lives matter really started to, to to take things forward and we talked earlier on in this conversation about some of the issues that have been happening in this country in the last couple of days um let alone um months or weeks how have you felt like as a as a political movement that was happening here how have you felt the aftermath of that because i i know there was great protests and marches at the time and stuff like that Eman's f- uh feeling at the time was like fucking nothing he was frustrated nothing's going to come of this mm. um how, how have you felt about uh black lives matter since in in the months since george floyd's passing i think it's good people are talking about it um it's also kind of scary like i don't know it just feels like I don't know it's it's like we have to realize I think in Ireland we are a minority here if we're if we're mixed race or, or black we are a minority and that's good to know mm-hmm. um and to acknowledge but yeah I think it's good that there is there is marches and everything but we still need to keep talking about it mm-hmm. it was kind of almost like a trend thing yes and loads of people on Instagram taking pictures in a nice, cute outfit and stuff like that. Yeah. Sorry to say it, but like it but was kind true. of a trend thing. Yeah, of course it was. And my song, like if if it wasn't a trend, then the song would be doing better. I'm sorry to be saying that because my song S- is say about that again. So, so my song, my song has um like has done okay. Yeah. But if it wasn't just a trend, the song would be doing better. Right. Than than it is now. Right. Do you get okay. me? Like because. People don't want to talk about these things. They don't right. want to listen to it sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I understand. Because I did say that to Eman off the air. Because when I listened to, to your song first, I was like, how the fuck is this th- uh, woman not like a star? You know, I was listening to it's, your song. It's, going, it's a controversial topic. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's right. kind of like people like to be happy all the time. Like they don't like sometimes they don't like to talk about the the stuff that's actually going on. Mm. So, um, Yeah. I just I just hope people do keep talking about it. Do you think it's really difficult? I'm trying to empathize on one level here because we were talking before we came on air as well a little bit about um 
people who are racist, for example. Mm. And I have a, a theory. I could be completely wrong here on this, right? Yeah. But I think certainly certain forms of racism, if you were to, to talk to the person who's racist, and some people have done some brilliant experiments on this online and stuff like that. And if you were to scrape below the surface and really ask, why do you hate this race of people or why do you treat them like that and when you scrape it down and really scrape it down what they're really upset is themselves they hate themselves or they're angry at themselves or they feel that they have been um treated unfairly in their lives so it's 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 incorrect anger do you know mm. do you know what i mean they don't that they don't really hate other people like that but they they definitely act out and they do racist things mm. But my, my empathy towards that, it's, it's, it's more ignorance than anything, than anything else. Do you know what I mean? I think it's lack of understanding. Yes. Like, some people just want to stay with the people that are just so similar to them. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you actually get to know these people that you're being rude to, th- their culture is beautiful. Like, it's mm. great that there's different cultures around. Like, mm. it's great that it's so diverse in Ireland mm. now more than ever. Like, so it's, it's kind of just opening your mind to that and being like, you know, I want to learn about their culture. Yes. Instead of hating on them before I even know them or... But because that that surely that's just fear. Surely that's yeah. just scared to get involved. And that's what I was trying to get to about the conversation. Like people don't like labels or they don't want to talk about that song or whatever because white people feel like uh, mm. they're too afraid to have the conversation. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about it or they just don't care because it's not happening to them. Right. So that's like... Sorry to be so honest about Don't, this. Don't, you keep <laughs> apologizing. There's nothing, absolutely nothing to apologize yeah. here for. You know, speak your mind. Yeah. So it's you, almost, in a way, with music, sometimes you're not really allowed to speak your mind. Really? Sometimes. So you feel like, that even in, in your industry as well, right? With the songs? Yeah. Wow. Well, like, say if you're talking about people not caring about racism, it doesn't happen to them. Like, mm. But it's true. Like, sometimes, as humans, we're like that, though. We're like, if something's not happened to us, it's hard to kind of empathize with it so i don't know mm. but that's yeah but that, that, i mean that's a fair point I, I don't know if you know the comedian patrice o'neill and um, god rest his soul he passed away from diabetes in in 2011 yeah. i'll send you some clips of him he's fucking hilarious like mm. it's heartbreaking that he's gone but he talks brilliantly and hilariously about race issues um in 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 the u.s um but he uh spoke about he has a really funny bit where he talks about people and celebrities yeah. with their cause, you mm. know? So he uses the example of uh, Michael J. Fox. I don't know if you know him. He was, yeah. a, and he was a big TV actor in the 90s. Mm. But he's got bad Parkinson's, like really bad. Mm. So he then starts a, a foundation for Parkinson's. He's doing loads of ag- advocacy work for people with Parkinson's and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and Patrice O'Neill talks about this. And then he was like, do you think uh, Michael J. Fox would do uh, something for people who've got diabetes? Michael Parkinson would be like, fuck those guys. I ain't got fucking diabetes. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> no, but it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. It really is. That's why it was funny. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Like, humans are mad, aren't they? (laughs) We are. We are mad, but we're we're not. It's good that he's doing something for us. Like, it's it's rather him do something for people with Parkinson's than not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if you know about something and you can empathize with it, then help out with it. Mm -hmm. That's that's, that's all. Like, what would you like to see? I mean, I know there's some obvious, like, definitely have more conversation about it, but what would you... Because I personally got um, frustrated at, for example, when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, there was a big thing about whether you post the black screen or you don't post the black screen on Instagram, which is a load of fucking horseshit, right? But it was just, like, it was such tension. And certainly... It was so annoying. (laughs) Like, people were like, oh, people are posting the the, the black screen, but do more than that like so do you want people to 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 support it or not i felt like people were attacking each other Mm. like stop like people will post when they're ready like i Mm. felt like that time i was so annoyed Mm. like because i was like i didn't want to post something straight away because i wanted to kind of think about what was going on Mm. and think about how i'm going to say about my story and stuff like Mm. that and i knew i had the song labels like there already and i was gonna release i was like this uh, this is a good time for people to hear it Mm. i released it two months after but um it was just people felt attacked. My boyfriend mm. is white and he, he felt attacked. Like he's dating me. I'm mixed race. Like he's he's not a racist person. Like he he loves like the African culture. He loves like, do you know what I mean? Like so like, but he didn't he didn't know. Like he felt he, he was being attacked. Like by by people on social media? Yeah, because if you post a black screen and you don't post anymore and all this sort of thing. Right. You're not doing enough. Yeah. 
Mm. People are learning. People are reading. Social media is not real life. So just because I haven't posted something social media doesn't mean I'm not talking about it. Yes. So sorry that that did really. You're not apologising again. Don't apologise because yeah. I 100% agree with you, and I'm smiling here watching you speak because mm. I 100% agree with you that um, I didn't post immediately, and then I did post the black square because you know I was worried. Well, it's a, it's a weakness. I was worried about the the industry that I'm in. I'm watching everybody in the industry. Yeah, is is posting it, so I better fucking do it. Yeah, but it just felt like I don't know exactly why I'm posting this yet, and I wasn't allowed to have the few days, or it looked took me a couple of weeks to process everything. Yeah. that happened at that time. So it's fake of me to post and and say um, I understand what's going on exactly here mm. because it took me like it took me time to get my head around the whole fucking thing. You know. Yeah. Um, and and also is my platform as a white person in that situation is it for me to be saying well here's what we need to do do you know what i mean it's it, it felt like and i had unfortunately that like i've said it before i said on the podcast with e-man all i saw was lots of white women on social media giving up being so aggressive to people that didn't conform to the culture of what it was supposed to be online, and, and they were just, I'm posting this, and if you if, if you don't post if you don't post, you're racist. That's the, like oh my god, that was so annoying. Like all this anti-racist thing, like don't just not be against it, be anti-racist, and all this sort of thing. It's like let people process it. Like mm. like we can't just go from zero to one hundred. Mm. Like okay, it's great people are talking about it. Let it, let the process happen and let's keep it going. Mm. It's not just, it's, it was almost like a rush or something. It's just like, do it now. Yes. It's like, no, like let people talk about it, process it. We're still talking about it, which yes. is great. Yeah. So, and I'm happy my song's out there as well um, and that people can hear it. Mm. And it's not going to be a hit because it's not the structure or whatever, but I want people to keep coming across it for like years and years exactly ago. yeah that's so. what a great piece of work is you're still talking about it in, in in 10 years time and i mean i still watch stand-up comedy from richard Pryor in the 70s yeah. and you fucking watch it now and go jesus christ this is 30 plus years later or 40 years later and we're still going he's fucking hitting the nail on the head for everything that's happening right now yeah that's the thing yeah because i say with comedy like i was watching um ricky gervais um one from like it was on the tv didn't know what to watch i was like okay there's ricky gervais but it was like um from 2007 right and i noticed that some of it was like a bit dated right because of the stuff he was talking about yeah 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 so the fact that you said that that guy like you could he was you're connecting with it now uh, and it was 30 years ago that's amazing like he was like unbelievable talking about like he would take he would take the piss out of both cultures out of uh you know black people and white people but then you know it was it was so when he would get down to stuff like real, real race issues, and it was way worse then than it is now. But yeah. it's still so relevant to exactly what's what's happening now. But he was mm. getting people to laugh at it, and he was getting like his audience were black and white, and he was getting them both sides to piss themselves laughing at this. Why situation. wasn't he president though? <laughs> because honestly, he smoked too much crack cocaine. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. okay. He had a okay, really maybe not then. <laughs> Um, he was amazing, but he would had he would have. Um, I suppose there's loads of people listening don't know Richard Pryor's life. His biography is up on the shelf there behind you. He had a rough life. He grew up in um, in Peoria, Illinois, and in a brothel. And um, oh. his mother was a, a prostitute, and his grandmother was the pimp. She ran the place. Um, so as you can okay. imagine, he started off in tough beginnings. Yes, um, and so like a lot of that scarred him um, later yeah. on in life. And uh, yeah, he did. He had uh, a serious, um, serious drug issues later on in his life. But uh, yeah, really, really, really tough life. And he very famously um, burnt himself freebasing, which is a way of smoking crack. And like, apparently he was running down the street, like literally body on fire at one point because he was so off his head. But he came on stage a year later, like taking the piss out of it, going, has somebody got a lighter there, please, to light his cigarette? And then he goes, I better be careful with these damn matches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going absolutely wild, will like piss themselves laughing. But he was an absolute king at being able to take really, really difficult issues, both with him and with difficult issues that were going on in society, and to take them and make people laugh at them. And that's mm. that's a great... That's my... That's, I think, certainly my personal dream of comedy of being able to bring people together to laugh at all these yeah. issues. But, like, as you were saying, it's really hard with social media because people are being so ridiculous on oh, it. Oh, so, like, oh, yeah. 
it's like, so, it's so um no point in nitpicking at things like nothing's gonna be perfect when people are talking about something that's so serious you know yes yeah yeah so oh i don't know it's how have you you were taught you were telling me before also that you that you you're working with young people in the community as well and you have noticed oh, yeah, some yeah. of the issues with race racial issues going on there as well can you tell us a little bit about that like with kids like and i know a lot of kids have experienced racism from other kids and these kids don't realize they're being racist either right they're hearing it from someone else um so do you think that kid for example in with school with you when you were four saying that you were dirty realized they just didn't understand right or didn't understand why my skin was different but i still am annoyed about that but it's it's just like she didn't know that what she was saying was bad Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel great Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah i think um I think it's important with kids, if you hear kids say something, just say, no, that's 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 actually racist. Mm. Or that's actually not nice. They mm. need to hear that. Mm. If someone hears their kids say something, that's kind of like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You need to say it to them. Mm-hmm. And have you it, had to have that conversation with people? I, I have a good few times because I am working with kids and they just don't realize. They feel really bad when you say it to them. They're like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was like that you know so i think it's it's good for kids say when i have kids myself i if they say something racist or if something racist happens to them i will tell them Mm. because they how are they supposed to know what it's called you know how does that conversation go with the young person that you're talking to like how do they react to that conversation i think everyone feels defensive when when they're when you say something's racist or even at that age they're like oh yeah like that's how people feel right and um like sometimes people are racist and they don't realize it like microaggressions or whatever and it's just like it's not it's not actually saying you're a racist person it's saying what you said was racist yeah okay that doesn't make you a bad person it means what you said was could be offensive to people that's a really important distinction isn't it yeah because people make mistakes as well yeah are you not to say are you okay with 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 that but there's definitely a culture out there of like if somebody says ignorantly says something wrong that can that is racist. Is there forgiveness there, or is there is there a way of talking somebody around? Is there? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It depends how bad it is. Right. So there's some people that are racist. Right. They're actually racist people. Like people, the people who put the sign on yeah, the on the, the little bridge. sign on the Hackney yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Now, that is. That's yeah. There's no. That's not. There's no discussion there. Yeah. There's no discussion there. But if someone says something like. Um, for example, one of the kids said, "I hate all Chinese people because I started the coronavirus." Oh Jesus Christ! Um, unfortunately, the fucking president, the, the president of America, is saying exactly that. They're listening that. to Donald Trump. They even mentioned Donald Trump the other day. Jesus Christ! And they're like, "Did you hear what Donald Trump?" And they said, "Donald Trump." They said the full word. They said Donald Trump said, "Um, he hates the N word." And they said the full word. And I was kind of shook when they said. It. I was like, "Whoa." They right. just said that word. And I was like, don't say that word again, please. Right. Like, it's, yeah, Donald Trump, like, kids are seeing this, though, TikTok and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, there's so much social media going around, social media saying, oh, talking about China and stuff, and then kids see that and they're like, oh, I don't like all Chinese people because yes. they started it. And it's so simple to influence a kid like that. I, I, I don't like the way they, in, in the media, they kind of focus on race a lot. Like, mm. even with, like, um, terrorists and stuff, like, mm-hmm. people against the Islamic religion and stuff. Like, it's only a few people that ruin it for everyone, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree. Uh, Raheem Sterling, among, like, an amazing English footballer who was of Jamaican descent, um, he... Uh, he called this a year ago saying when somebody does when a, when a footballer does something wrong in the media he pointed out the differences in how they are reported on dependent on whether they were black or they were white so if he was reported on because he had a tattoo of a gun on on his on his leg you know they uh appro- say that he is a, he is appropriating like gangster culture when it's his fucking tattoo, he gets to talk about like he has that on his leg for a reason. Whereas when somebody else, if David Beckham gets a tattoo, it's like, oh, David Beckham got a tattoo. Do you know what I mean? And that's the the kind of 
the horror shit that does go on in the media and but that influences so many people. Sorry, I just thought of something. Do you ever get the people that have the big cross tattoo, like Jesus tattoo, and they're actually gangsters, like or they're yes. like really racist, rude people? Yes. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. thought. But that's the, but that's a weird part of like, for example, <laughs> oh. the KKK. Like you know, they're such devout Christians, but yet, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, it's all about the Bible and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's like it, they're hating black people. It's like ridiculous. I, I think hating black people is the silliest thing ever because the culture is appropriated the whole time. Like even the TikTok dances, kids that say racist things are dancing to songs that are made by black people and kind of afrobeat songs as well mm-hmm. for example i said that we're putting on songs on youtube i was like well we put on an afrobeat song and there's one of them said ew i was like you're dancing to them songs all the all time the on time. tiktok yeah so that's part a big part of the dance culture so it's literally education it's just education yeah it's just understanding look it's all like this is where it all comes from yeah um, yeah it's been absolutely an amazing conversation to have with you ash um, I thank you Thanks for coming. For having me. No, not at all. It's been great to have you over. I, ho- I hope you enjoyed your soup. <laughs> oh, the soup was lovely. It kept me going. Um, yeah. And uh, wh- wh- are we going to be? So we're going to hear. Are you going to do some new recording soon? Are you working on the new album? What's What's next for Ash Official? Um, possibly an EP. Yes. Possibly, but we'll. I'll have more information about that soon. Fantastic. I don't want to put dates on anything because, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> not putting deadlines on this shit. I, no. I feel you. I feel Don't yeah. you worry. I'm not saying I'm doing a new show anytime soon. Yeah. We'll see what I'm happens. <laughs> the world is, who knows what's going on? Who knows what's Will going on? Will there be a Christmas? Who knows? That's a, oh, dun, dun, <laughs> oh, dun. Never mind. <laughs> where can people where can people find out about you? I'll be putting the links to your songs in the description to this podcast so people can click on and see the two beautiful videos that I watched and amazing songs. But social media, are you big on social media or it's just like um, or I, sign I'm up to a mailing list? I'm honest on social media. So people like honesty, you can follow me on Instagram, official Ash Music. Yep. Um, Ash A-I-S, that's how I spell it. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook, um, Ash A-I-S. And then on, um, I have a website as well. A beautiful then, website, yeah. Thank you. And then on Twitter as well you can find me do you do much tweeting i can't just fucking cesspit twitter isn't it <laughs> um i tweet when there's something when i something see something to, tweet about. to retweet or right yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah i'm not it gonna gets be fucking dark on twitter though like honestly, you don't go yeah. go to twitter for for an uplifting day oh it's definitely not <laughs> oh god yeah definitely not it's a fucking cesspit listen yeah. ash i genuinely thank you so much and um uh oh yeah i forgot to ask you because you haven't <laughs> sent it on but um can we put can we put um your your other song on the on today's podcast oh yeah hurt uh, sometimes hurt sometimes yeah Would of you course. send that on to me because so, i'll play out the episode on your on hurt sometimes is oh, that a good idea fab like, yeah now, that song that song is actually about so it's just about the pain from heartbreak and it's like kind of the confusion with like when you're kind of still like things about them but you're not with them anymore you're not with so them it's but yeah it's fucking like it's it's a beautiful beautiful song so um it's it's coming up now it's not about your current boyfriend obviously obviously not it's yeah. the last one you know but anyway it's, it's also like a mixture of experiences it's not exactly what happened like so oh, i'm yeah. getting her in trouble with her boyfriend now <laughs> <laughs> well you can you why did you want to introduce the song now um so yeah this song is called hurt sometimes um and yeah i hope you enjoy it Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It hurts sometimes just looking at you, lighting up by love and thought it was true. And it hurts sometimes just thinking about you. Sometimes I don't and sometimes I do. Keep asking you the questions, how you feel. I thought it was real or was surreal. You keep coming up with excuses all the time. I was ready to devote and make you mine Yeah, the truth is that we were destined to fail And now every time I breathe I can't exhale Now I'm happy to play a little with my emotions Because I'm free now without big emotions Why can't I find the pill to take the pain away? We love our broken hearts, is what we do. 
spite on her to look at you Why did I do this? I thought we were true this I felt it was right and to me it was selfless Cause I was wrong in your mind and I see you cannot define all of what love is Because it doesn't exist Everybody said to me, girl, let him go I didn't listen, no, listen, no, listen, no Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.